0: Beginning transmission sixty one. Batwoman, allergy. File under Pride Month. Each week a Motley Band of Comic Readers/Amateur attempt to pair with comic All while trying to not sound like complete morons in the Facebook Twitter Instagram and Tumblr Facebook Twitter Instagram and Tumblr You Tumblr and
1: Tumblr and You read too many comic
0: books. <laughs> we and join Brian, Q, Adam, and Todd.
2: and
1: Q's got to get out of here. Yeah, I understand. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I saw the picture, Q. That's quite the cue ball you've got. I know. I had
3: uh, that that brown that I did for the tempest was uh, it kind of made it all dry and gross. So it just all needed to go. Oh, you it buzzed fresh start Yeah, So freshly
1: buzzed. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Does that help with the wigs? I would imagine uh, it does need something actually. Really? So most people
3: like to have some kind of hair to, like, pin the wigs into, yeah. but especially mm-hmm. for the for the cover, I'm not going to be doing dancing, you know? I'm not going to be, like, jumping around, dancing, doing mm-hmm. death drops or nothing. Sorry, folks. Spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> well, this is already
1: passed it. anyway. When yeah. we're, so. I,
3: I know, I know. When we have this, it's already going to be over. Um, But actually, yeah, because um, there isn't anything to kind of get in the way of the wig, I feel, and you have a bald head, so it just kind of, like... <laughs> Snatches and also because I have a really big head and most wigs are made to fit dainty ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think it's fine because it just like really like sticks on my head and also it gets rid of like the edges like I uh like the little sideburns that I have because again most women don't have those kinds of things.
1: Most women, most yeah. women don't. But
2: see, I'm a ball cap kind of guy. I've got a big head. My head size is what is it? Seven and three eighths is my head uh-huh. size. So I always am rocking the large, extra-large. It's like, oh, here's a hat. You should just buy it. I'm like, it's not going to fit.
1: Well, and you <laughs> guys know Christopher, um, he has to custom buy any baseball cap he has. Oh, really? Like, they don't standardly make them in his, hat, his size, so he always, like, any baseball cap he has is custom ordered. And it's his birthday today as we record this. So.
2: Yeah. Happy birthday,
3: Chris. Hi, Chris. Happy birthday. Can I just
1: say, at your wedding,
3: my favorite, favorite thing that Chris <laughs> said the entire time. We were waiting to go up. We were waiting to get like the call, to, like for places. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and We're done that, and I think we were listening to the final countdown. And Chris just kind of looked at me. He was like, "Quentin, I think this is the most sober I've seen you." <laughs>
0: and
3: I'm like, "Yes, yeah, I stopped fucking drinking at lunchtime because I thought, you know, we were gonna like." No, do this. If I'd have known, I would have brought my fucking bag and been drinking the entire time.
1: Well, I had a good bottle of bourbon somewhere, and I was just well, too nervous to actually drink it. Well, it's also bourbon. Ooh, I didn't. I didn't feel like crying at your wedding for for no reason. <laughs> I cried like a little bitch, but that's okay.
3: I mean, no, I, I still cried. But I mean, if I'd have been drinking bourbon, I would have been like, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: just ugly oh. cry. Everyone I grew up with thought I was gay anyway. Then they'd really think you're my lover, that you lost me to Jess, and you'd be, like, just sobbing horribly.
2: That would have been great. My favorite Chris memory, though, had to have been at the wedding luncheon beforehand. Oh, my and God. And Jess's mother's boyfriend. Friend, yes. yeah. Was... We've told
1: that story on the show before. <laughs> so it just, I
2: think about it. It just makes me happy. So... The other hilarious one is I had met Chris's boyfriend for the first time. And, he's, and he looked like, Todd, Todd, tell... What's Chris's boyfriend's name? I'm sorry, Andrew. Andrew, I'm sorry, Andrew. I should know better. It's like tell Andrew your rape joke, and I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is an introduction. Hello, this is I. Oh, yeah,
1: tell
2: me your rape joke, and I'm like, is that really what I should be doing? That's, okay,
1: that's how oh. it goes.
2: How? Oh. 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 That's right, huh? Oh. It's a funny... Well, I'm not sure I can say... Yeah, as rape jokes go, it's kind of funny if you have the right crowd.
1: <laughs> oh, God. I now have so much blackmail on you just because I can record that <laughs> file put anywhere. Anyway. As rape jokes go, it's, <laughs> it's great. It's fun.
2: I mean, I'm no Daniel Tosh, however. Well, uh- or Bob Saget. Um, anyway,
1: it. welcome to episode 61, <laughs> Batwoman. Batwoman elegy, I should be uh, should clarify. We're doing this as mm-hmm. part of our Pride Month. This is, you know, a book that features a out and proud Batwoman, which is uh, pretty bitchin'. Can
3: I can I just make I'm sorry, can I just make a quick suggestion yes. for Pride <laughs> Month? Since, since I don't know if you've edited the other one yet. Uh, I have, but yes. Oh, okay. For our introduction, there is a song called Pride by Cher that I feel like needs to be part of the introduction for the Pride Month (laughs) episode, because it is the most obnoxious. So think of, again, I don't know how many times you guys have gone out Pride Weekend, but there's usually, like, the summer jam that, Uh like, plays at all of the clubs over Pride, and Uh that one, or, like, imagine an episode of Queer as Folk. And like okay. the soundtrack at the club, like that song is that exact type of song. And I think that okay. it's cool. perfect
1: for we'll look it up right now.
2: Last year for Pride, all the drag queens were singing Hello by Adele. Yes, yes. Um yeah. but like uh It's not right but it's okay by Whitney
3: Houston is a big one. Nobody's supposed to be here by um Deborah Cox is another one. Um for a while uh, Hush Hush by the cat dolls. Mm-hmm. Yes, that that's the song. That's that's the one.
1: Up, yep. Yeah. But <laughs> once you get to the chorus, you start going. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I, I I haven't published the other one. I have edited it, but I'll okay. like, I'll see if I can add that in for you. It, so.
3: It's it's great because she just goes pride. Come on, share. Anyway, anyway,
1: sorry. Uh, Anyway, the sultry voice you just <laughs> heard is Q. <laughs> hi, fresh,
3: <laughs> uh, freshly bald. Uh, so hi, I'm Q. Um, at the time of this recording, I'm still gearing up for my cabaret, but by the time this airs, it will have already passed. However, exciting news, so we're still a week away from it or, yeah, about a week away as, the, as of this recording, and it is sold out. Hooray! I know, it's so okay. crazy! Uh, but yeah, but by this airs, it'll already be done. But, anyway, so that's exciting. Uh, New Deal, uh, at the New Deal Cafe, hopefully uh, because of the, um, fingers crossed, the success of the cabaret, because now it's like pressure's on to like not suck. Um yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get we'll get booked some more. So Eleanor's. So go to Facebook. Um, Eleanor's New Deal Cabaret uh, is the name of our little group. Uh, or you can go to Facebook and like Demanda Martini, who is me. And um, <laughs> so you can like those two things. Uh, and also, so we're in the midst of sister act. Uh, by the time this airs, we'll actually I'll be gearing up for costume parade, which seems like that has just snuck up on me. But we are heading full force in the show. Oh, I'm so excited about it. We're still, as of this recording, we're still unsure what the fuck we're doing for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have put in, and it could be back by popular demand, last year's musical... Uh, I I won't say anything more than that, but I'm pretty sure you all know what we did last year. And then, God, and then I'm going to be going straight into Boeing Boeing and then Calendar Girl. So I'm booked through next
1: spring. And uh, yeah, that's it for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And we also have the lovely and talented Todd.
2: I hear I get more lovely every yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) So hi, I'm Todd. I'm here in Salt Lake. Um, I work at a job nobody cares about. And that's just fine. Boom, Nobody can! Yes! Exactly! So you can find me being Adams, who's Adams' what, backup date. I'm his second mistress. I, 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 think, I, I, think
1: you're, I think you're his Sancho. I think you're the other man. I, I can be the other man. That's okay.
2: <laughs> so I can be his other man. So I'm there going movies. I saw Alien Covenant recently. How was that? There were some great moments to it. How about that? I mean it's all okay. Ridley Scott directed it, so it's always beautiful to look at and well crafted. If Ridley Scott ever has a weakness, it's a story. But the execution of like of the craft of putting movies together, it's hard to ever really fault him. Okay. But the stories can give you something wanting. I'll give him that. So, there we go.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Adam is not recording live with us. We're going to figure out if we're going to record and punch him in later or not. So, this might be an intro for Adam. Hey, everyone. What's up? It's Adam uh, up here in
4: Utah. Uh, I do movie reviews for Big Shiny Robot. I also co-host the Board as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Hi Andy. Andy. Hey, Andy. Yeah, if you go back a couple weeks, because again, this is in the future, uh, we, we spent about 40 minutes bitching and moaning and complaining about um all the guys who were pissed off about the 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 woman only wonder woman screening so (laughs) if you want to go back and watch that one it's the same episode as uh pirates of the caribbean and we probably spent about 10 minutes talking about movies and the rest just yelling about evil people so um that's kind of fun and yeah just kind of surviving up here uh just looking forward to finally escaping from utah and work uh next month And actually going down to hang out with uh, Brian for a bit. So So, something new and different and not Utah. I'm very, very excited.
1: (laughs) Awesome. And hi, I'm Brian. I'm sound designer, uh, normally based out of Southern California. This summer I am doing a shit ton of shows uh, at the Lyric Theater in Logan. Um, The first show up is going to be The Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged, which as of this last week, uh, which of us recording, I had a career first uh, and Q, I, I think you might be surprised by this. Cool. For the first time in my entire sound design career, I was asked to provide a fart sound effect. I've never been asked. For <laughs> a- <laughs> so
2: well, I, I did really have to, the- for that,
1: yeah. I have to have a professional conversation with the director, and I basically was like, okay, A, this is the first I've ever been asked for fart noise. B, as any 10 year old know, knows, there are many different types of farts. So, what are we talking about here? Wet, dry, like, what is this? So, I had to have a conversation about a fart, which I, like, five year old me, thought that was the funniest damn thing in the world. So, anyway, but uh, that's the first show up, and then uh, we're doing Big River, and then we are doing, I think, Wait Until Dark is up next, and then The Foreigner, or those other two might be uh, swapped. Uh, Foreigner is a comedy, Wait Until Dark is a suspense, and then the we are doing a big 50th gala. I don't know if tickets are still available for that or not, uh, but it's a big celebration of the musical theater past. But then outside on the 21st and the 22nd of July, we are doing a, a street party um, with uh, food trucks and uh, and a DJ friend of mine from uh, California is coming out. And there's a little uh, video clip thing. It's about a four-minute show that I did uh, the sound design for and I did all the audio for. So, um Uh, Come check that out, it's free, at least the outside part of it's free. Um, And I think it should be pretty fun, actually. So anyway, and I will be around, so you can come by and say hi, and depending on what night, Uh, Q might be joining us, and maybe Todd or maybe Adam, we'll see how it all goes. We might do the build trip or whatever. Anyway, so that's me. So this week we are doing, as we said before, Batwoman Elegy. Do we want to do a... Preview, or do we want to jump into votes, or do we want to jump into drinking games? We have so many options.
3: Oh my gosh, we have so many like little things
1: that we do now. We have little segments now. Try to keep us on track because we ramble like motherfuckers. So, uh, a little bit. I mean, let's do drinking games. Drinking games.
0: And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and you're a winner for this week's drinking game remember it's only a game and a dumb one at that so don't take it too seriously and above all else please drink responsibly uh
1: i have a rule i'm almost afraid someone's going to uh to take but i will i will be brave and i will allow mm-hmm. you to go first so who would like to go first
2: i've got one Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so as you look in here, I will say the artist was having a great time with how the different panels are laid out. Mm-hmm. So as you're going through the comic book and you realize, oh, look, that panel's in the shape of the bat's Bat logo, Bat <laughs> symbol. Take a drink. Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah, That's... logo placement rule, I got it. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, to you, do you have a rule?
3: I read this a while ago while I was in the midst of... Like tech and opening the Uh show. And um, so I wrote, and I always write everything down to my phone. So I put, we're all just a little mad rule. So I I don't know if that's anytime someone's fucking crazy or if it's every time Alice talks because she talks in uh, Carol quotes, Alice in Wonderland quotes. Let's do that. Let's do Alice in Wonderland quotes. So anytime Alice speaks in. Alice in Wonderland quotes, which is every time she speaks, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is. Um, take a drink.
1: <laughs> okay, and I'm calling mine the twice born, twice drunk. Every time the phrase twice born is mentioned, and it's mentioned a lot, take two drinks for one for each. Add on to that, and also say anytime twins are mentioned. Well, that yeah, that's basically yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, twins and or twice, yes, twice born. want to go for votes. Vote for Pedro. So i has been asked by the judge to be the form. Vote
0: for Pedro.
3: And I want y'all to know that we's going to run a fair jury and a clean jury.
0: It's time for a vote. Because we love you. And we don't want to waste your money. We will now vote on whether this week's book is fit for human consumption by you, our dear listener. Along with each vote panel will also provide one piece of evidence to support their vote vote for
3: pedro do you expect me to talk vote for pedro no mr Bond. i expect
1: you to die there is nothing you can talk to me about that i don't already know i say yes 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 this is super fun go for it i'm in agreement i'm gonna say yes i there's a lot to like here on this book i <laughs> a lot to like and very little to complain about uh todd what is your vote yes 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 absolutely cool. Yep. Fantastic.
3: And as Celine Dion says, shall we go for it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. So since we're chugging li- right along, uh, uh-huh. Tata, did you select this book? I- I'm guessing because it's... Okay, do you want to give us just like a a slight preview as to uh, what we can encounter on this book? Well,
2: looking at this, so Batwoman Elegy is really two different stories, I guess, Mm -hmm. putting on that. You've got your front story, which is the bulk of it, and then the second story is a little bit of backstory, origin story of Batwoman and what she's about. So the front story has an Alice in Wonderland kind of theme going on here, and it's her, in all her Batwoman glory, going with a battle against her own foes. And it's kind of fun to watch, and the artwork is amazing.
1: Okay, I didn't, I didn't hear any of that, but I'm assuming it was amazing. So yes, uh, it was perfect, isn't. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're chugging along a little bit because Q has places to go. So so now the time when which you get to uh, to go and read the book, and we'll take a little bit of a break and hang out in the ether that is the internet, and we'll wait. And uh, so if you haven't read it, read it now, and uh, we all vote to say yes. You should, probably should read this as Pretty Bitchin' Book. Um, And we will see you when you come back.
0: If you have yet to read this week's book, and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait.
1: Welcome back. So so
3: before we get into uh, the lightning round, I kind of wanted to uh, say, so do you guys know the actual history of Batwoman? The, no, like, but the, like, love... the, like the actual character, not not this particular Batwoman, but like the history. The of... only
1: thing I know about Batwoman is I was watching that documentary the other day, which I mean, and this kind of does play into it, that when they started doing the, um, the, the code to uh, regulate comic books, mm-hmm. there was concern over the uh, homosexual tendencies of Batman and Robin. And so they added in like, that's where they start adding in a bunch of characters for not even both, not just Batman, but also like Superman and whatnot. And I know mm-hmm. Batwoman... And Batgirl and I think like Bat Dog and Bat Might all kind of came out of that of being yes. like, Oh no, it's not just two dudes hanging out. You know? Yeah. So which I mean does kind of play into you know our Pride Month as well like yeah. that sort of like So that. so yeah, mm-hmm. so that was
3: the whole thing. So they created Batwoman whose original name was Kathy Kane, not Kate as uh, mm-hmm. the um, now the current Batwoman is. But Kathy mm-hmm. Kane was the original she was just she was like a Batman super fan. Mm-hmm. when she wore a super bright yellow costume with red accents. Mm-hmm. Um, she also, she had a purse that had all of her gadgets in them, not a utility belt. And she had, like, lipstick that shot a laser or, like, a powder puff Dude. that put up a smoke screen. You know, bullshit like that. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then she had a niece who, in the, who, in current continuity, is still in the, in the book, Betty. Um, mm-hmm. Because so, Betty was her niece in the original comic books. Now she's a cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, and Betty became the original Bat Girl who, uh, you know, loved the fact that her aunt was like this cool superhero and was in love with Robin, blah, blah, blah. So, Betty, um, when the Christ of Infinite Earths and then, you know, DC continually rejuvenates its, its continuity, um, Betty then became a character called Flamebird who was still a superhero, but always had this obsession with Robin, which was kind of some bullshit nonsense. But, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, she was still a character. So now they're sort of playing up that Betty is still a person and that, you know, she still uh, was Flamebird and, you know, was a part of the Titans and all of that kind of stuff. But she has this cousin who's named Kate, who then later becomes Batwoman. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. Kathy Kane was then written out of continuity for a while, they kind of brought her back saying, yeah, she was, like, around, but, like, she really didn't last for very long. She was kind of like, oh, hey, and bye. And I th- and I think they brought back a Kathy Kane, um, again, who is again, a relative of Flamebirds, but she wasn't Batwoman. Um, and then, and now we have Catherine, or Kate Kane, now, and they've decided to uh, have her be a lesbian. Uh, sort of poking fun at the whole thing was that, you know, they thought that Batman and Robin were gay, so... They they created this Batwoman character. Um, She's a lot darker, a lot grittier, which I like. She's someone who got uh, taken out of the military because of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which also at the time when this book was written was super poignant. Um, Mm -hmm. Not really a a spoiler, because, like, her origin story... uh, Again, I, I, I get fuzzy on, like, current continuity stuff, so I'm not sure whether or not this was the first telling of her origin, or, because I know she also kind of debuted in the year later after um, Crisis. Again, I, I don't know if they were just kind of like, oh, you know, she's already doing her thing and then kind of going back and telling her origin. Again, I'm not 100% sure on all of that, but, um, but I just thought it was pretty important to know sort of the history of just the Batwoman character in general.
1: Mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, it is a fascinating creation, you know yes. I mean?
3: It's... So that, that brings us to, to our heroine of, of, the, of this episode. Okay, so lightning round. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. All right.
1: Lightning round begins. now.
3: So, uh, the book opens with uh, Batwoman sort of tracking down this this character in an alley, and she's like, "Hey, you know, I've already taken down the Circus of Crime, the Cult of Crime, something like that." And she's like, "All right, so they are, so they've already tried to kill her." Uh, and but now they're they're supposedly getting this new leader. Yes. And uh, no, the the religion of crime. Excuse me. And uh, Batman sort of pops in, and uh, he's like, hey, you know, this is your fight. But you know, if you need help, and she's like, okay, cool. And he's like, oh, you need to do something about your hair. And she's like, that's a fucking wig. Uh, Kate then gets broken up with by her current girlfriend, which kind of sucks Then you find out that her dad who is a colonel in the I'm assuming the army I don't know when yes. so yeah, army, and he's sort of her Alfred her, <laughs> her kind of guy who runs her, her office so he's in on the whole uh Batwoman deal so Batwoman is trying to figure out who is the new leader of the religion of crime and coming trying to find out it's this lady named Alice who is super fucking crazy looking uh, <laughs> And only speaks in Alice in Wonderland quotes, which is actually pretty fucking cool for a writer, because it's like, let me read this whole fucking book a thousand times so I know the perfect quote mm-hmm. to use for her to speak back, which is, again, really kind of cool. So she also kind of makes fun of her, because she's like, oh, we already have the Mad Hatter, and she's like, uh, eh. You know, they, they kind of fight, uh, Alice e- ex- escapes, Batwoman's kind of like, why, you know, why are you coming after me? And she's like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know. She also hides a razor in her mouth, which is crazy. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Alice drugs her. She tries to escape. And then former cultists of the um, crime people uh, Mm -hmm. come to her rescue. There are these people who turn into, like, a werewolf and an octopus person and all kind of weird shit. And so they rescue her. They are former cult followers. So she's not quite sure why they're helping, but they're like, uh, you know, this lady, fucking crazy, we're not, you know, (laughs) we don't want to follow her. Kate then goes to this party. She meets another lesbian cop, which, oh my god, who knew there were so many lesbian cops?
0: And... uh,
3: But it's, it's pretty cool. She then gets interrupted by the cultist guys again who say that, you know, Alice has now captured her father and they are planning on destroying the city by poisoning everyone with an airplane. We briefly meet Betty in, in this book. And so Batwoman and the, what's his name, Lucian or something, the other guy, you know, nobody cares, he turns into a wolf. And... Uh, so they set off. She stops the she stops them from killing everyone by using the plane. But as they are fighting, Alice, breaking character, looks up at Kate and says, "You have our father's eyes." Dropped, dun, dun, dun. Supposedly to her death. Um, dun, dun, dun. Exactly. So then the next story starts, kind of the second half, where it tells the, the history and the origin of Batwoman. woman uh, dad is in the army, mom is in the army there's the two twin girls, Beth and Kate uh, who okay. was t- totally pull like every twin's dream which is going into each other's classes that they're not good at which yeah. is pretty pretty sweet. So they're kind of living that, like, idyllic life, and then they have to move, and so they're all mad that they have to move. So it also then cuts back into the current story where they're trying to find Alice's body, body, which they don't find, and Kate sends uh, tissue samples to a doctor to make sure that, yes, that is actually her twin sister Beth. As Mom and the twin girls are leaving for... Uh, is, it, is this their birthdays?
1: Yes, I think it is. Yeah, it's a birthday uh, thing that their dad can't make it to. Yeah, their dad, their dad, dad can't dad make it. it.
3: They are kidnapped by some sort of terrorist thing. She she is held for uh, just for lack of a better word, an undetermined amount of time. And at, and it's implied that both mom and her sister Beth are killed by these terrorists. So then we cut to Kate graduating from West Point. She is having an affair with her. Roommate, She's kind of ratted out on, and when they ask her, she says, Yep, I'm gay. I guess I'm out. So when she tells her dad, he's very disappointed, um, but still supports his daughter. Kate also then pretty much goes to the cult of, or the religion of crime, and says, You know what? I'm out. F you guys if you, uh, like, you kept saying the twice-born the twice daughter of Cain thinking that they're talking about Cain and Abel is is was the one to die meaning that they thought that it was Batwoman Is that woman. And so what they mean is a twice named daughter of Cain meaning Colonel Cain was the twins and now Alice being supposedly dead the prophecy is, is fulfilled and she's like alright I'm out you guys come around me again I'm killing all of you um, one of my favorite relationships in this book is Kate's relationship with her stepmother there it is Icy as fuck. Because um, <laughs> she always tries to call her, like, Katie, and she's like, hmm. And the, the dad's always like, oh, so your mother. You mean stepmother. Yeah. It's, it's so great. Um, Kate kind of turns into, like, a bit of a wild child, partying, drinking, doing whatever. She meets her on Montoya, later to be known as The Question. Um, they, of course, break up, and... Um, Kate kind of, so Kate is saved by Batman, and she's like, you know what, yeah, I, I think this is what I'm gonna do, and, uh, she decides that that's what she's gonna do with her life, her dad gets in on the gig, and they decide that they're gonna start fighting crime, so when she goes to confront her dad, he's kinda like, yeah, I, he's like, I had no idea that, you know, she was, she was alive, and... That's kind of how it ends. And with the little picture at the end where it looks like Alice is coming out of the water. The end. Dun, dun, dun! I know I used it twice, but yeah. I just yeah. did. I, did I miss any major plot points? No, I don't, no, know. I don't no, think so. I think you no, you that. did pretty great. Um, so, the big thing is that, you know, we talked about the art. The art is very, very beautiful. Oh, it, it is. is. incredible. such... Such amazing artwork. Obviously, he had a lot of fun. Who was, who was J H Williams? Had a the lot of fun looks sick. However, Sometimes mm-hmm. it can be hard to follow. Our <laughs> eyes are trained to read left to right, and especially when they do like the the two page splash, it's mm-hmm. hard to know if you're supposed to read everything on the left first before going over to the right page, or if you need to read straight across. And some sometimes it kind of doesn't matter which yeah. one you do because it's usually they're really good about doing kind of like if it were a movie like a split screen effect where two things are happening at once and you you mm-hmm. can kind of get the gist of both without needing to like super pay attention to either but it can still it still kind of gets muddied so um I actually had to go back and read the pages a couple of times just to make sure that I wasn't missing something or that everything still kind of made sense also I was reading it backstage during shows so, <laughs> it, it, so you know, I was just trying to read it while I was, you know, uh, you know, bullshit, bullshit my line, and uh, so th- that could have contributed as well. The fact that I was kind- not rushing, but trying to read it quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did read it in in uh, in two entire rehearsals. So I mean, it's a quick read because it is so exciting, and there isn't a lot of a lot of dialogue. Um, so so, but the art is so so pretty. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, yeah, that's all I'll say for now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I, I think the art is gorgeous. I think one of the other things with that splash page, part of what made it confusing mm-hmm. is, it's that fitting in of the Batwoman logo. Mm-hmm. Um, like they'll sometimes do do things around it that makes it difficult. But you are right; there mm-hmm. are certain points of time where it doesn't necessarily mean anything. The, this kind of, in a lot of ways, reminds me of the the Hecatea and the fact that you have the same writer, you have Greg recka and you have mm-hmm. you know, have a really strong story, really strong female. Uh, protagonist and then you also have a really strong, really good art uh, which I think all led to this being a pretty fantastic read and it is it is an exciting read and it does draw you through really quickly, it is one of those books you're not necessarily looking to see how many pages you have left, you know what I mean um, uh, so yeah, so I really, I, I dug the shit out of it, um, I am going to jump in with my cocktail um, because of course she does end up with some, uh, some creatures, uh, I have a werewolf cocktail Mm-hmm. Um, which is one and a half uh, ounces of Jack Daniels and then one and a half ounces of Drambuie liqueur, and you shake it over ice and straight into a lowball glass. I actually went and looked up what Drambuie is. Drambuie? Drambuie. Drambuie is a uh, secret recipe of herbs and spices and heather honey crafted uh, with aged scotch whiskies. It was crafted in 1745 as a personal elixir of Scotland's rebel Prince Charles Edward Stewart, known as the Bonnie Prince Charles, um, and is made by his personal apothecary. At the time, it was the most exotic ingredients available, including saffron and cinnamon. And there's more history of it as well, but I thought, I, I was like, that's interesting. I wonder what that alcohol is. So I gave a little history lesson on on my uh, recipe as well
4: so this is called the Alice in Wonderland okay. um, and over ice you layer one shot of Southern Comfort one shot of Amaretto and one shot of Grand Marinier
1: I actually yeah. have all of those ingredients
4: at home I'm not really a big Southern Comfort fan but the Amaretto and the Grand Marinier kind of makes that you know almond citrusy mm-hmm. kind of thing so it's pretty good it's not something I you could drink a lot of because it's very sweet but uh, it's something just nice to have you know just a. Like, Maybe one small drink.
1: I think every time I feel bad about my comic collection, I look at our alcohol collection because we have lots of different types of booze. Because, like, Jess loves to, like, when we have a really fancy drink, she sometimes loves to try to make it at home Like she really loves it. So we have some really obscure alcohols. Mm-hmm. My parents had got new couches, so they were sending us their old couches. And there was um, some people who live in my dad, who is now a bishop, in his ward, who, you know, kind of needed a little vacation to California, or at least just a little vacation in general. So my dad offered to have them drive these things out and since I didn't want to put my dad in the weird weird predicament of having tried to explain to you know this family and or their kids why the bishop's son has a shit ton of alcohol I moved it all into our second bedroom so I like hand carried every bottle of alcohol we have it took <laughs> multiple trips but I also realized, I mean, there's some stuff that I'm like, I'm just going to get rid of this shit. Like, there's some there's some stuff that we, like, bought it, and then we tasted it, and it was fucking awful. Like, there's a bottled Manhattan that we tried that was just horrible. Just so bad. How do you miss that? Um, That's not the easiest thing in the world. Um, I think because part of the thing about a Manhattan is having some slightly fresh ingredients. Actually, uh, yeah. And it, it's, so I don't think it bottles well. You know what I mean? So... But like I, it was all, it was one of those things. Where it was like we bought it and like like the cap popped off of it, so like you have to get pliers to open it up and whatever. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna dump this out. Like we also have like now that I have good absinthe, I have like a bottle of green shit, and I'm like I'll just throw this away. I don't need it. Yeah, this. we've got we've got a decent little collection over there. I mean, um,
4: it's really funny too because we'll we'll go out and buy a bunch of stuff and uh, it all gets pushed in the corner of the kitchen to where that's like, like our little booze booze corner and. Uh-huh every single year never fails on for Wrestlemania <laughs> the game is okay everyone needs to go through here and finish all this shit because we're tired of having it here we're not drinking it right. so then that you know that little that bottle of fireball that's got two shots left finally gets drunk or the, uh, the tequila I've had since Cinco de Mayo finally goes away Todd <laughs> uh, do you
1: have a uh, cocktail?
2: I do have a cocktail um, it's a bit of a play on a traditional um, martini but I call it the Batwoman um, and what it is it's similar to a Cosmo but you're using a pomegranate juice so, you take uh, one and a half ounces of vodka. Just pick your favorite kind. Um, do a half ounce of Cointreau or Triple Sec. A half ounce of pomegranate and juice. One ounce of fresh, so sweet, and sour mix. Shake the shit out of it and put it in a martini glass. And it's this just blood red martini liqueur, which I think is quite fitting with this. Yeah.
1: yeah. cool do you have a cocktail? Yes,
3: I do. So, mine is called the Red and Black, which is mm-hmm. uh,
2: first Batwoman's
3: colors. But the kernel also makes a reference to, to the Red and Black. And it's hey, the phone, hey, the bat phone hey, the, the bat phone.
0: Uh,
3: <laughs> just, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right. Um. So this one is a little, a little more complicated. So I, <laughs> I, I sent the entire recipe to to Brian. Mm-hmm. Um. So you're kind of making a a simple syrup, pepper syrup thing. So it's. Mm-hmm. Two and a fourth cups of sugar, two cups of warm water, a half cup of coarsely cracked black pepper, plus one tablespoon of finely ground black pepper. Two quarts of strawberries, halved. Two and a half cups of tequila. This is, and also this is a punch. This is not just a, a, a cocktail. You, you're making, you're making for friends, or maybe you're not.
0: Um, <laughs> We're not here to judge. Two and a half,
3: two and a half cups of tequila, one and a half cups of fresh lime juice. A teaspoon of salt, a lemon wedge, and ice. In a saucepan, you're doing the sugar with warm water, bringing to a, vo- a boil, making a simple syrup. Uh, so then you stir in the black pepper and let it cool. So then you refrigerate that for a while. So then you pour that syrup over a mesh strainer to get out the, you know, all of the kind of stuff that you don't want to drink. So in a very big pitcher, you muddle the strawberries... You then pour in some of the, the syrup, the tequila, and the lime juice. And then uh, you refrigerate. And then you use the rest of, like, the, the mix, the uh, sugar and black pepper and salt. And then you rim a glass with it, put in a lemon wedge... And then you uh, pour in your cocktail. It just sounds super crazy, but it's, it's also like hardcore with like the pepper. So like a little spicy, but also mm-hmm. the strawberries to make it sweet. And then tequila to punch you in the face. So I'm down for this
1: cocktail.
2: That looks That's awesome. Yeah. Punch you in the face.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm down for that too, man. That looks great. I woke up my dog by saying in the face. He's looking at me like, what the hell? Sorry, buddy. <laughs> it's Okay. Well, cool. Uh, so, Todd, what are your thoughts? You know, reading this,
2: I think the artwork is I'm, is amazing, and we all love Rucka and whatnot as the writer. But well, it was amazing watching this. So, this was a story of there's a lot of it she's in the guise of Batwoman and as you watch the art and we're talking about the crazy layouts and the Bat logos and everything else as she's Batwoman the frames and the paneling is just all over the place and it's gorgeous amazing to watch when she's not in the role of Batwoman it really, um, they still play with the panels a little bit but it's a much more traditional layout so you can, it's kind of like the normal world and then when they're doing the flashbacks it's almost like I'm reading 1990s comics and the, with like the coloring and the layout and whatnot so it was the same artist throughout the whole thing but the way even you could just go to any page and you can have a pretty good idea of what kind of mode that the story was in and I found that to be fascinating and great and thoroughly enjoyable and um, in all of that regard there too But the splash pages and everything else, I mean, as fun and as amazing as that art is, it can get a bit distracting. But at the same time, it's just awesome to watch. And these are one of the things is, oh, I feel like looking at something pretty. This is on some of those, the short stacks of comics of, there's just a lot of amazing layouts here. And I think the artist just, you can tell the artist had an awesome time making this like oh I can try this shit and I can do this over here and I can do this crazy things like oh hell yeah this will be a lot of fun versus other times like yeah this is a paycheck let's just slap it in and get it out Mm -hmm. it's really great I think the art is not to be um, it's not to be overblown in it's own way either I mean that J.H. Williams did an amazing job here and it's a really great strong story with Greg Rucka he always a lot of his stories of female characters as the protagonist much like the Hicketya or some of his other stuff. And he does not disappoint. I mean, I really enjoy this. And what's interesting as well is, I mean, you have um, Kate Kane. What is nice is her last name's Kane, but it's like an homage to Bob Kane, who created Batman. So mm-hmm. that's cool, because that's spelled the same way. This her character happens to be gay, and yet it's still... The way it's done, it feels like a good core part and not a tacked on. It's like, oh, how this character's like, and let's just make him gay because we have a checkbox of a quota we need to fit into. It really felt like a good um, fit, and it was really part of a real identity in and of itself and not something tacked on. But yeah, I really like this book.
3: I 100% agree. I, told, like, I feel like it is a central part of her character, but not something that feels tokenized. She's not... The gay member of the Batman family. She's Batwoman, right. and this happens to be her ex girlfriend, The Question. Mm-hmm. Like that, so, like that, that, that. That's how I. That's how I felt the entire time. I never felt like it was something extra or added on. It was just okay. There we go.
2: Yeah, this is part of who she is. The same time she's not. Um, sometimes with characters, and it doesn't oh, yeah, even th- have to be with her sexuality. It was like, person, I that- just
3: hear that there was a big fucking thunderclap right above yes, me. Yes, anyway, we did.
2: <laughs> oh my god. It's awesome. But you have some characters like, "Oh, and I'm the gay character," or "I'm the one that always makes a joke." Here I am making a joke. I mean, it's definitely there it comes up, but it's not I don't think of Batwoman as like, "Oh, she's the gay one." She happens to be gay, but it's it's part of her identity, but it's not her only identity. And I think and it, she's rich and multi-layered. Yeah, one and of the I'm sorry. I was gonna say, and I'm glad that like her
3: whole coming out wasn't like some struggling with identity or like uh-huh. her first love story with with uh, Renee Montoya was something. No, it was just the reason they the reason they broke up was because she's kind of a bitch. Like it yeah. wasn't because of like oh I can't come out of the closet or blah. blah. No, it's just no. she, are Kate. You're kind of a bitch.
2: Yeah. Uh- one of the funniest things I liked best is you go to her Batwoman's own headquarters. It's not a Batwoman cave or anything, but it's her dive. And you see these posters on the wall. And one of these posters say, like, the dusted bunnies. And the other one says, um, Side's witch. And that just made me laugh for some whatever reason. So you see this dude, but it's like, it's Dark Side's witch. I'm like, okay, that's funny. Yeah, that's what I have to say about this. But yeah, it's amazing. It's awesome. The story's well done. The art, I mean... It's a great example of when things are entwined and both fire uh, and everything's firing at all cylinders. It's great. Yeah. It really is. I
1: agree. I was doing research on J.H. Williams. Uh, he mm-hmm. later uh, returned to... So he did this book with um, with uh, Greg Rucka, and then he came back to uh, be a co-writer and artist on Batwoman. Um, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, when he came back to Batwoman, they ended up winning um, a Glad award for Outstanding Comic Book Series. So it was the aftermath of R.I.P., Um, Is why they brought her back in so as everyone knows I'm a huge advocate
4: of digital comics Uh, my iPad is the perfect size for reading these and I've probably read 95% of our books with the Comixology app because I have the Comixology Unlimited I get a lot of them for free that way uh, or let's go buy it on Amazon or whatever else and it'll pop up there. So I didn't get a chance to fully read Batwoman Elegy, which pissed me off because the story that I could kind of read was interesting. But if, for whatever weird reason, Batwoman Elegy is only available on Kindle and not Comixology. So I don't know why, because every other one I think i bought on Amazon transferred over, but that one didn't. So I spent an hour trying to find it on my, on my app, couldn't find it, and then figured out, oh, it's only Kindle. Kindle is the worst app ever for reading comics. So here's the nice thing. With Comixology, the page fills the whole screen. You can zoom in, zoom in to read small things or do the tap to make it kind of guide you through. Kindle, it's like a half of the screen and there's a big white bar all the way around it. So it hurts your eyes like hell. And then you can't zoom in anything. You, just, you have to like squint or like pull it up close to see it. Um, and most of the time it's not a problem. But when you've got a page with a lot of panels on it and there's a lot of dialogue and writing, you can't read a fucking thing. And I spent forever trying to just get through it. I got maybe through 30 pages, and I got a headache. I just couldn't do it. So uh, I don't know why the hell Kindle decided not to put this on Comixology because Comixology has um, some of the comics. Remember, I-, I text you and everyone else asking how many issues it was because on Comixology, I could only find four issues. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, it's like, you know, it's this many numbers and this and this. So I don't know if they couldn't get the rights or something like that, but just don't ever, ever, ever read this on a Kindle. It's the it's the worst <laughs> fucking thing in the world. Like, I would I would probably rather eat pussy than do this. So, wow. Yeah, it was bad. That's that's quite a
1: statement from you. That's right. But no, just it's... <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, I just don't understand what thought process went behind that and what engineer who was writing that code decided that that would be a good idea to make it so you couldn't read things, make it so there's a huge white
1: border that just glares at you, and they should probably go kill themselves. So. Probably just wasn't them thinking about it all anyway. It was probably just them trying to just port comics into it. And I, I can see a big problem with uh, this particular book because there's a lot of splash pages. And yes. one of the same con- like things that um, Q and Todd and I had some issues with is that at certain points in time, tracing who was saying what and when became a little tricky. And I can imagine that probably was compounded by, you know, all the issues you were having on a Kindle.
4: Well, and that's the, the stupid thing, too, is that, you know, Amazon owns Comixology, so it's not as if they don't have access to the source code to uh-huh. make a good comics reader. So why not just take that and, and port that over into the Kindle? It's not a hard thing to do. You could just, you know, rip it out, put it over there, and make it so only works with, you know, with comics, with magazines, or this and that. They, they had, they have access to that. I don't understand why they think their idea is better when obviously the company they bought had a much, much more elegant solution.
1: The other thing I think is weird that, like, I like the Comixology app okay. The biggest beef I have with the Comixology app is that you can't buy comics through it. That you have to go to their website to buy it, to download it, to then be able to read on your Comixology app. Well, you can play an Apple for that, so. Yeah, that's just, that's weird. It's like, if I can buy stuff through the Amazon app, why can I not buy? Like, I mean, they, they, there obviously is such thing as in-app purchases. They do them all the fucking time. Yeah. Why? Why can you not do that for comic soft? That that's one of those weird things that bothers me. I think it's, just, it's because again it's the license agreement with Apple. So, um,
4: so kids, in case you want to know, this is you know business 101. Um, Apple gets 30% of any sale um, made of digital products through their through any app on their store. So, if you're playing you know uh, Candy Crush and you spend 10 bucks to get more lives, of that purchase, Apple gets three bucks. So. The reason why with um, Amazon you can go through and buy products is because you're buying a physical product and that's not a, it's not digital. So, if you go to Amazon right now on your phone and you try to say, uh, let's say you want to buy the digital version of Logan, you can't. Unless you say you cannot buy it from this app, you have to go through our main uh-huh. site because that's how they get around the 30% tax to Apple, um, Google, whatever operating system you have. So That's why you have to do that. I do agree though; it was, it, it was annoying because I think Comixology was just paying Apple the 30% because they, they were fine with it. And it was nice to be able to just click a button and, oh, cool, my comic's being downloaded. So now I just pretty much straight go to the website. I don't, I don't even open the app up until I've gotten what I want and can go back and play with it. So,
1: and I have a tendency I look through the app and then I find, like, I'm like, oh, I want to keep reading this comic or whatever. And then, like, it's all, like, the thing I do a lot on Comixology, because I still like to have the physical copy, is I sort of window shop, I should say, where mm-hmm. I get, like, tasters of things. So, like, I might, da- rather than download or buy an entire trade... I will buy a single issue and then, you know, like, oh, okay, I like this. And then I will, you know, if it's something I'm curious about or I, I don't know about, I will, you know, buy it digitally, read it, and then go, okay, I'll go back and get it. Or I sometimes have digital copies of books that I already have so that I can, you know, read them on the fly if I'm sitting there, you know, waiting for something. I can read it on my phone and rather than pulling out a book to do it. Yeah. yeah.
4: The the one thing, I mean, I don't like about the Comisology is because... Specifically with doing this show, like if I'm trying to flip through a book to find a page or, you know, a, a quote or something, it's mm-hmm. a lot more difficult to do on the iPad than it is, you know, with an actual book in front of me, but because, you know, we, you have this problem, I'm sure, mm-hmm. <laughs> with as many comics as we read, not only for the show, but just in real life, yeah, I have so, I would, if I had to buy a physical copy of every single one of these, I would have a, a closet just <laughs> full of books, um, oh. Much same yeah. as when you know when I when I moved a couple years ago, it was the same way with uh, before I got a Kindle. Was with books. I mean, I literally had 500 books I gave away because I just couldn't bring it with me. So,
1: yeah, I have I have many many bookshelves, and they're <laughs> getting very full. Like I built this big like sort of I, I built it myself. Actually, kind of pretty proud of it. I antiqued all the wood, made it look all cool, and I, I put a bunch of uh, comic book publisher names and things like that on it just for fun. So like it, like it looks like old vintage signs is mm-hmm. what I ended up doing. I, I got all you know uh, Pinteresty on it, um, but uh, I I also have like all of my Blu-rays and stuff like that, like in these sort of like old crates that I made. It looks like it looks very speakeasy. Like it's very much me. <laughs>
0: very um, much you, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, is that I'm gonna have to start moving all my crates of Blu-rays and DVDs somewhere else because I don't have enough space for my books anymore. Like I've almost tapped out all the, the available space for books. When I first started doing it, I was like, oh look, this is like nicely well spaced out and whatnot. And then I started doing the show and then I mean the great thing and the bad thing about doing the show is that we read the stuff for the show, but then also we sit there and we all share recommendations and mm-hmm. sometimes you'll go, Oh, that sounds interesting, so I go pick that up or, you know, I bought a bunch of comics from Maya or whatever. It's like I my to be red pile is ridiculous. So I'm back on the mode of trying to get through a trade a day to try to get through my to be red pile. Mm-hmm which is not necessarily going very well, but that's okay But so, <laughs> that's Because I, like, I still like the I still like going to the comic shop every week I like, you know, saying hi to the people who work there And I like kind of picking stuff. So I'm trying to, like, do this hybrid thing Where I only buy, like, one or two books at the comic shop Which was totally my game plan this week And then they're having a sale And they had, like, a box of, like, one dollar trades I was like, son of a bitch So, like, <laughs> I ended up buying a bunch Because like, I found some stuff Some, some stuff we d- discussed possibly doing on the show Including, like, Bone They had the first trade for a dollar and I was like okay I'm buying that shit you know what I mean so like there was some stuff I was like okay I can't pass this up and so I was like okay shit so I I spent I I had totally had the intention of going through and only buying like one or two books and I ended up buying like six like I typically do so um, (laughs) yeah I'm sure that guy that owns that comic shop sees me coming in and is like oh yeah this is my guy Uh, I'm
2: making money today (laughs) Yeah,
3: I really dug the whole crazy uh, Alice in Wonderland stuff it was Um, a lot
2: of fun yeah
3: I'm hoping that as Alice comes back, because obviously she she is. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that her obsession with Wonderland kind of is, is explained. Um, mm-hmm. I also like the fact that she had kind of her own gimmick and that she is definitely set up to be uh, Batwoman's opposite, even in color scheme. Um, yes, and that she she's also like kind of her Joker. Uh, mm-hmm. who, like the, the the crazy doesn't make a whole lot of sense, kills people and all the, all that stuff. I like that she was set up uh, for that, but obviously her um you know her kidnapping and attempted murder has definitely fucked her in the head.
2: Oh yeah, I'm glad you liked this one, Q. I did. Well, I mean, I I figured that I that I would like this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had this one for a while, and I guess going back on it, Rucka, I've yet to read something by Greg Rucka that I hate. Most authors have something that's like, yeah, I don't care for that one. Yeah. But I really like, yeah, he does, the Hicatia was actually probably my first introduction with Greg Rucka, so. I, I think that's been the only real
3: thing that I've read of his.
2: Mm-hmm, so. But he did that. I rather enjoyed him. So, we didn't give it. We said yes, we should read it. Do we give it a grade at the end? No, no, no. We haven't done a grade. So, you want to go ahead and give yours? Jamie,
0: school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card. So fucking
2: fun. God. God, please, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'll give it a grade. Um, the only thing I'm going to knock it against is that artwork is so awesome, but it's a little crazy and out there is you have to reread it going. And I'm reading this the way I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to knock a few points off of it because of that in that regard. So I'm going to give this an A minus. In that regard. I think the length of it, it was a couple stories, but it was long enough. It kept your interest, but not so long. I ever felt like it was dragging. The art is super strong. The story is super strong. Is it the best thing ever? I don't think so, but it's great. So I give it an A-. minus. That's where I'm at there. So yeah, definitely read it. Uh, I recommend this to all sorts of people going, I don't want to just read Batman. What else should I read? I'm like, try this out. It's yeah. pretty cool.
3: Um, I'm also going to go with an A- minus for, for that same fact. So... If if we're saying that um, you know, but j- mm, like a minus, maybe B plus, but also mm-hmm. because you know we've said that you know, Wicked and Divine, and for me also Saga, where it's like I immediately needed to go buy the next books. Mm-hmm. I immediately had to had to know what happens next, even though this book was very crafted to have a beginning, middle, and end, but still have that little dangler to, like, get you to go to the next one. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's because we read those either early enough, or for me, Wicked and Divine was pumped so much to me by other friends that that's why I bought the rest of them. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm, but, like, also how crazy busy I am right now knowing that, you know, we have to read all of these other books for this podcast. I'm not like, oh, I need to buy more. Now, I would definitely read more Mm-hmm. But I didn't. It didn't. It didn't take me to that next step of having to go buy them. Um, sure. But still, a very. I, I'm gonna say. I'm still gonna go with a minus because I think that the way that the story is crafted, where you're sort of, in, uh, you know, in the middle. It's kind of like in the middle of the story when it starts, and you get. You know, you're kind of into it, and then. Something crazy happens, and it jumps back and takes you to before the story, and kind Mm -hmm. of fills you in on on all of the back. It it doesn't. It didn't feel like an origin story. It just felt like, okay, so this is all the crazy shit that just happened, and here's why.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, No, it was great.
3: So I'm I'm a A minus.
2: Yeah, I'm there. And you know, as Saga Wicked Divine is amazing. What I think could sing well with this one is, yeah, there is more, but this feels complete. Mm-hmm. So if you have someone that doesn't want to dive in four, six, seven, eight trades to get the thing, I feel like if I just walked away at this point, I'm still happy, and it's contained within a single book. well with Saga and Wicked Divine's, like, all right, where's next? But yeah. next has to happen there. So,
1: but no, that's awesome. I will probably sit with you at an A minus. I would go with an A, but I'm, I, there are some stuff that's just slightly ever so better, and I want to reserve an A for something that's like completely, completely amazing. But this is mm-hmm. pretty fucking amazing. Um, I think that it, yeah, it fall, fires on all cylinders. you know, with the writing and with the art. I think it's amazing. Uh, Todd, what is your recommendation? I'm
2: um, looking at it as with all the fun I had with those Alice in Wonderland references. Um, I've got two things. One, though, is I Hate Fairyland is mm-hmm. a comic book. Brian, I think you recommended that to me, but it's a whole lot of fun. The basic idea is you have this character get sucked into Fairyland when she's seven. And then years passed. She's still in the body of a seven-year-old but fucking hates Fairyland. <laughs> so as she's older, she's got hormones going on, but still looks like a seven-year-old and she is just an absolute menace and has become the greatest villain of all. It's just hilarious and irreverent, a lot of fun. It's like South Park on acid with the coloring and everything else too. It's a lot of fun. So, but I hate Fairyland by Scotty Young. Though it has a similar tie-in with it's in a Fairyland kind of thing of references with Alice, it's about all that's the same. It's really tongue-in-cheek on a lot of things. Do
4: you have any recommendation um yeah so it's by this point in time it should be completely over so uh, if you have not watched or need to watch american gods uh if you have amazon prime you can go on there and you can actually get the stars app for uh, i think it's free for the first couple weeks and then it's nine bucks a month but this is a great time to go see it because you can sit down and you can binge watch all what is it eight episodes of uh american gods it's one of the best shows on tv it's amazingly well done um it's one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, we did Neil Gaiman did uh, Sandman, which we just read a couple weeks ago. Uh, this is one of his best books he's ever done. Just go out there and watch the whole damn thing. It's amazing. It's cool. Um, this is Brian Fuller, the guy who was behind Pushing Daisies and uh, the Hannibal TV series, so he knows what he's doing. Uh, it's fantastic. I know I've talked about it before, but now that it's wrapped, it's you, you got to see it. It's, it's one of the greatest things I've
1: ever watched. One of my favorite Brian Fuller's that never got enough play is uh, Have you ever seen Wonderfalls?
4: I have. I've seen a couple episodes, but not much.
1: I loved Wonderfalls so much. I thought that show was so great. Uh, anyway, and well, the uh, cool he also thing did is, dead like oh. me too, right?
4: Uh, I think so. Yeah. And then the, the the fun thing is, he's been hinting and kind of joking about bringing Hannibal back for a fourth season because they were going to do Silence of the Lambs. That was going to be mm-hmm. like the the fourth season because the third season was Red Dragon, um, um, but. As time's gone on and like Mads Mickelson's kind of freeing up from doing Star Wars and stuff, um, they're being serious about that. So hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, we will get <clears throat> the fourth season of Hannibal because that was also one of the most underrated shows on TV that no one ever watched, but I fell in love with. Him, so.
1: it seems to be Brian Fuller's MO. It's like he makes something that people who are fans love but like and never catches on to a mainstream audience. And, and Hannibal has gotten
4: more of a cult following and it's actually blown up a lot more since it went off there because... I mean, you can go to Walmart or Best Buy and get the, uh, the, the, the seasons for like 10 bucks each. But, yeah, if you haven't seen Hannibal, go see that one too, because that one's amazing.
2: Any recommendations?
3: Sure. Uh, so, I recently purchased the Judas Contract DVD, and I have to say, it is a pretty... Pretty good adaptation. Because obviously they brought it into their current animated continuity, so there's going to be some character changes. Like they used <laughs> Blue Beetle instead of Cyborg. Sure. Uh, the, oh, what's her name? Magneta wasn't in the story. Uh, mm. Kit, Flash kind, kind, and Speedy kind of made an appearance at the very beginning um, which was also kind of cool. There was kind of this whole uh, thing, introduction of Starfire at the beginning of the book which, which was kind of awesome. Um, mm. I also did watch, or I already own um it's called the Teen Titans versus the Justice League, which introduces Raven. Uh, also, I, d- I also like the fact that they did use Damian Wayne, who is such, you know, he's kind of a little shit, but I, uh, I still like the fact that they brought that into the story. Um, you know, I
2: must say, Damian is a little shit, but I love that little shit. <laughs> yeah, he's a shit. Yes, he is, but I still like him anyways. I felt that it was like...
3: I feel like uh, because of the nostalgia reasons, people just sort of really like Tara for some reason, whereas Mm -hmm. I really liked the original interpretation where, no, she is not a good person. She completely is ready to kill all of her friends. You know, she, she wants to kill everyone. She is a villain. And, you know, every interpretation of the story since then, including the Teen Titans animated series, they want to be like, oh, but no, she was, she was just mentally ill, and, you know, she
1: had issues, blah, blah. I'm like, no, she's, she's a terrible person. But, so that's my recommendation. So next week... We are continuing on our Pride Month with uh, Midnighter. Well, this this is uh, Volume One out, which I don't think is actually the first incarnation of Midnighter. It isn't. Uh, no. No. Because uh, there's there's some backstory here that uh, actually, Q, do you know much about yes. Midnighter's backstory?
0: Yes, I do. <laughs> but,
3: but we can talk about that when we actually do Mid- Midnighter, not a preview okay. for Midnighter.
1: But I mean, this is a, a this is its own jumping off point for the most part. Um, a-
3: another Batman side character.
1: It's true. (laughs) And Nightwing makes an appearance. Or at least Dick Grayson makes an appearance. Yeah. Um, Well, Dick Grayson when he
3: wasn't going by Nightwing, but he's still fucking Nightwing. That's
1: right. Same difference. But not in his Liberace costume that Todd loves so much, which is very disappointing.
2: That is the most amazing thing ever. Ever. (laughs) Ever. I could be buried in that and be a happy person. Dead. Uh, Dead. I will tell your (laughs) wife. She always asks me, like, "What do you want to be buried in?" Or what? I'm like, "I don't care. I'm dead." But I think I do care, and I want to be buried in the Liberace Nightwing costume. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. All all I've said is I want T Rex's uh, song uh, "20th Century Boy" to play at my funeral. That's that's all I got so far. Okay. Uh, so that, that that like screaming guitar intro would be amazing. As my casket's carried down the aisle, that's that's my game plan. <laughs> um, anyway, on that positive note. Um, <laughs> So cool, so that'll be next well, week. Well, I mean, it is the- Elegy. Yeah. What? That uh, sure, elegy. That's true, true. That is true, yeah. Mm-hmm. see, it ties in. Loosely, mm-hmm. but it ties in. Uh, it ties in, like, a very, like, young college sound designer trying to make shit fit into a, a, a concept that isn't appropriate for the show at all. Not that I've ever done that in my entire oh, life.
3: Oh, absolutely, I mean, girl, grr.
1: <laughs> None of us have ever done that. Yeah, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday about like making design choices and just trying to shoehorn some wild idea that's completely not appropriate. But you're like, you're so like stuck in. It. Like I used to have this bad habit of like I, I guess when you're designing, like you, you ha- when you're new at it, you have to figure out the difference between what you like personally and what's appropriate for the show. So like music mm-hmm. that you like or uh, things like that is not necessarily the correct choice for what you're doing. You know, and so that's always uh, that's always an issue. Anyway, that being said, total other side fact. So, yeah, so that will will uh, finish it up for this week, and we'll see. Maybe Adam will be edited into this, and maybe he won't. And if he's not, he'll be back soon at some point in time. But, you know, we'll see how that all goes. Anyway, thanks for listening, uh, and uh, we will talk to you later. <laughs>
0: So that happened. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as FunnyBooksandFirewater. And on Twitter as at Firewatercast. Go to FunnyBooksandFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, Get your bartender well, and stay hydrated.